seen the promo that aired a few moments ago for Liberty Flames football tickets, which, by the way, you can get two tickets for 22-22 for any of the remaining home football games during the regular season at InsaneRadioDeals.com. Liberty University home football games, that is. Um, it's a tough game. This is as much of a trap as you will find. Liberty, they are a seven-point underdog. Number has risen up quite a bit from opening around, what, five all the way up to seven? It opened at four. Four. And a half. Fact, four and a half where it opened. Thank you, Trey. All the way up to seven. Um, I have thoughts on that, and it's not hard to figure out now, but we'll get to that further in our votes of confidence after we keep our seats. So that's going to be around 520 today here in the fast lane. But it's a tricky spot for Liberty. They're coming off the emotional victory against Sam Houston State this past week. And Jamie Chabwell addressed the emotion, but also the reality that while it is emotional, it is challenging. One of the positives from that, tougher than it should have been according to the line performance, Liberty favored by three touchdowns when it closed, 21, 21 and a half. Uh, Liberty, if nothing else, learned a level of resolve, as Jamie Chabwell mentioned when speaking after that game. Well, I think what you do is you look and see, you know, you look at, obviously we are, uh, you know, 5-0 and in, in every game you've had, there's some really good things, some things that you definitely want to prove, but we found a way to win in some challenging circumstances, whether we created that our own or whether it was by the other team. And so I, I think what it does, it does give you confidence to know, hey, no matter what the circumstances are, uh, we can find, figure out a way to, to get it done. And that is good for your momentum because you believe, you know, and, and I think that's one thing our team right now, they believe. I don't think that can be understated, the fact that you learn through patches of adversity because Liberty had been demolishing opponents and adversity came at different points. They were up 21 nothing in the opener against, uh, 24 nothing, excuse me, in the opener against Bowling Green, the fighting Scott Lefflers. Jamie uh, Caldwell coming from, um, um, from Carolina. That guy, yes, Jamie Caldwell, not Chadwell from Coastal Carolina, not Carolina, which is North Carolina for the record, not South Carolina. But you, you had Wait, are you saying a, Coastal's in North Carolina? Coastal's in South Carolina. Okay, all right. But Coastal was, is not Carolina. South Carolina is not Carolina. Carolina is the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Yes, pinky out when they drink in all crowd. Carolina is still that version. By the way, it sucks to be South Carolina because the USC is USC in California, not South Carolina to the majority of the country. They are just South Carolina. That's just what it is. Or or as ESPN try to do, the Battle of Carolina, which... Which uh, was won by Carolina, not which, South Carolina. Ed, I don't know about you, um... I have never, ever, 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 ever in my life heard someone refer to South Carolina as Carolina. I've heard North Carolina referred to as Carolina. I've heard people from South Carolina who are fans of that program refer to it as Carolina, but it's also the same group of people that refer to it as USC and don't realize that outside of their little bubble, everyone else thinks of Carolina as North Carolina and USC or SC as the University of Southern Cal Trojans, not the South Carolina Gamecocks. But to bring it back to Liberty University, which is the ultimate point that we're making they're, right What here, are you saying? That they're fans of Cox? I mean, Trey, if you want to go down that vile road here in the fast lane, uh, I guess right you there. can. It was right there. It was right there. Trey, Trey, 
you know, we are not sophomores in high school or college now. We are professionals in the working world. Honestly. Sophomoric humor over there. I, I'm, I'm proud of myself. I mean, you would be proud My, of yourself. You're like the guy that laughs at your own jokes like some people do in the world. But That was a joke for my old radio. You've met him, Paul Van Wagner. Yes, I will Blacksburg. be seeing him. I will see him this coming Saturday in Blacksburg. And, I, I you know, I, I don't even know what's going to happen as he and I will basically have a therapy session in the press box of the Wake Forest Virginia Tech game. Meanwhile, you can just listen to it on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app uh, starting at 1.30 p.m. Even part if of you our go to the game. triple header. Uh, yes, you can. If you pull up the app and listen to it. Anyway, back to what we were talking about before Trey just continued to keep us sidetracked going down the wrong road. Now we got to get GPS and get us back on track. The benefit from Sam Houston State being a close game for Liberty is it was the first bit of resolve they had faced since really having that game against Bowling Green, and even then, Liberty's outcome was never threatened. They asserted themselves against New Mexico State with a nine-minute drive in the third quarter and held the ball for over 11 of the 15 minutes during that quarter in game two. They went on the road. They blew out Buffalo. Okay, they hit a lull, but they were already up 28-0 when the lull hit, so they were never really threatened. And then the most complete game was Florida International before the bye, the 38-6 victory. So Sam Houston State was off the bye. Jamie Chadwell, not Jamie Caldwell, but Jamie Chadwell, had mentioned numerous times in the lead-up to the game that that was a concern for him. That they come off a bye, and it's a short week, not a long week, and they need time to get back in gear, and that you're always rusty when that happens. So Liberty pulls out that victory. I actually think it's just as tough, though, this go-round to South, to Jacksonville State this evening because it's a short week, not the bye week being short-end, but the short week. Played on Thursday night, emotional game at home. Now it's Tuesday night, five days later, and on the road at Jacksonville State. They've got a Power 5 head coach in Rich Rodriguez who coached at West Virginia, had success there, not so much at Michigan or Arizona, but he knows how to identify Power 5 talent and bring that talent to a place like Jacksonville State, which is one of the reasons, as Jamie Chowell noted in previewing this game, what makes the Gamecocks as challenging as they will be? Well, they've got, they've got really good players. I think they do a great job scheme-wise. They're, very, they're physical, uh, and they run, and, and they chase the ball. You know, and they, they, they're very relentless in what they do. And they pride themselves on being you know, a physical group, and they're just going to keep coming after you. And, and they, they use unique schemes that confuse you and do some of those things. So they're really good at tackles for loss and some of those things. And so we'll have to be really sharp on the things that we do uh, as far as just uh, you know, executing. Because what they cause, they try to cause havoc and all the different things. And then if you're not doing handling your business, then it makes it worse. And, uh, but I think they swarm the football, and they play with a lot of confidence. And, and uh, it'll, be, it'll be our biggest challenge. That type of aggressiveness. When Jacksonville State played last Wednesday, Liberty played last Thursday, one day edge to Jacksonville State. On top of that, it's a road game for Liberty. On top of that, it's off an emotional victory. On top of that, you've got a Jacksonville State team that plays with a level of aggressiveness, and at times, Liberty has looked disjointed offensively, including against Sam Houston State. So, that's one of the concerns. And... It's an interesting way to view complimentary football, but Jamie Chowell noted that Jacksonville State, they have excelled at this different form of complimentary football. It's not just the running game and the passing game meshing up evenly, but utilizing defense and special teams to that advantage as well. Their defense has caused a lot of turnovers. Special teams has caused turnovers, and it allows the offense to get back out there and continue to do that tempo. And, and the thing when you run that type of offense is that you might slow it down, you might slow it down, and if they're constantly out there, they're just going to eventually wear you down. And that's what they've done the last two weeks. Is they've, wore, they've wore their opponents down there in the second half. And um, 
they play well against each other. They do. They play good complimentary football. Tempo, 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 and a level of challenges at times. Now, to, to Liberty's credit, their defense is actually the unit that stepped up and performed remarkably well this past Thursday night. They were the ones that, even though they gave up 96 yards on the final drive, a couple of that were penalties where you know, maybe you're scratching your head on whether it was a penalty or not. There's also the reality that they did make a big play on fourth down, including that being Kobe Singleton, who committed one of those crucial pass interference penalties that uh, extended the downs for Jacksonville or for Sam Houston State in that goal-to-go situation late in the victory that Liberty had this past Thursday. So those are all positives in favor of the Flames, but it's a very tricky spot. And, you know, Rich Rodriguez at Western or at uh, Jacksonville State has kind of done what Hugh Freeze did very well, which is a coach with Power 5 pedigree, knows how to accrue the right players, identify guys that are bounce-back guys, whether it's from JUCO or Power 5 programs who have that type of talent and pedigree, but for whatever reason, didn't put it all together. Maybe it's underperforming. Maybe they were misevaluated. Maybe they had behavioral issues or concerns, but you use that to your advantage to build up a very talented roster. Jacksonville State, they have that, and it's what makes them extremely tricky this evening. Trey, you have a point to add? I was just going to say is, like, I really like this Jacksonville State team. Like, they're, 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 you know, Rich Rod is a really good football coach in terms of scheming things up. And they are a team that, if you want to look at what Liberty has done in terms of their games, is they've, you know, outside of Sam Houston, where it was close basically throughout, they raced out to a, a good lead and then let the, te- you know, the opponent in and make it a ball game. Well, if you open any door for Jacksonville State, they've already proven that they will they will quickly come through that door and break it open and, and win the football game. So this is outside of, of Western, you know, this is, you know, and, and their OC, I'm forgetting the guy's name off the top of my head, but you could argue this is like the two of the three best offensive minds in the conference with Jamie Chadwell and, you know, uh, Jacksonville and with Rich Rod and both run similar yet very different conceptual offenses they're a lot based in the run a lot based in the spread um uh you know jamie chadwell has a lot more triple option principles than does uh you know uh rich rod but this this to me when i was looking at the schedule for liberty like this was probably the matchup where i was like this could produce a very interesting interesting game outside of that Western game, because I think that Western game is going to be explosive play, explosive play, explosive play, explosive play. Um, but this this could have that same kind of feel to it. I uh, I, I am really interested because I, I think that Liberty, like this is their second toughest test the rest of the way. I agree. Outside of Western. I agree. Let's put it this way. In their next... Three games, so Jacksonville State, Middle Tennessee, Western. Uh, I'll throw Middle out of there, but I don't know if you would agree with this, though. My sense is they will play one of these two their ne- one of these two teams again in the Conference USA Championship game. I would venture to say these are the three teams that are most likely to make it that far to the Conference USA Championship game. By the way, the coach you were thinking of is Tyson Helton, the head coach at Western Kentucky. Drew Hollingshead is the assistant uh, coach and offensive coordinator, but it's Helton's offense over there to answer that particular question. La Tech's the only one with a shot right now. Looking at the, you know, New Mexico State's 1-1, La Tech's 2-1. 
Uh, but both Jacksonville State and Liberty are three and zero. They could be, you know. So this is the battle. The, you know, the two, you know, this this real this game could really, honestly, it would put Liberty in the driver's seat to make the conference USA championship game, which is their their ultimate goal this year. No doubt. I mean that that's the and goal. they get to go to the bowl game. Well, it is. But for Liberty, even if you don't host it or you don't win the conference USA championship game, getting there in your first year has been a stated goal, and it's a step toward the ultimate goal, which is you're winning these things regularly and you're playing, uh, I guess as of now, it's the first Friday in December, but maybe it'll be the first uh, Saturday in December at some point. But I like the idea of first Friday for the Conference USA Championship, but you're playing that on the mountain at Liberty University. Ed, hear me out. 6-0, and oh, that means we got to get our passports ready. Because that means Bahamas Bowl is a chance. There is a chance. You know, I saw the New Orleans Bowl, which is just as fine with me. I mean, some people would rather go there around New Year's, but I think we could find just as much trouble, Trey, in the middle of December as we could I got, at any other hey, time. Hey, you know, uh, Virginia Tech, if they, especially if they win this game on, on Saturday against Wake, I, I think if they win this game on Saturday, they probably will go bowling given the rest of their schedule. They could go to Shreveport. Because it would be the Independence Bowl. You know, that's probably a lower ACC Road tier bowl. Trip, baby. There we go. We go Shreveport, New Orleans. We got this. I hope it's in that order because I'd rather the fun be at the back half, not at the front half of that trip. In the meantime, more fun, although really not to start things off in the Fast Five at Five-ish. It's time for the Fast Five at Five-ish. Five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now. Number five. Not fun, and not just because the Dallas Cowboys got crushed by the San Francisco 49ers 42 to 10 this past Sunday, but linebacker Leighton Vanderesh on injury reserve due to the neck injury he suffered during that game. Just in and of itself, neck injuries are a concern, but when you're talking about a player like Leighton Vanderesh who has a history of these, I think it's absolutely reasonable to wonder every time he suffers something of this nature or, you know, obviously two of the Miami quarterback who's had multiple concussions and uh, you know, let's be honest, they've botched that down in Miami. But those are situations where when you start to hear that news, it is absolutely reasonable to raise an eyebrow and go, ooh, this could be a real problem going forward. Number four. Liberty basketball picking up a commitment from six foot seven forward Tor Sorensen, who also had an offer from College of Charleston. The commitment is for a player right now who is a junior. It's always worth keeping in mind the potential to reclassify. But for Liberty, this is just a solid start to their upcoming basketball uh, recruiting class for next year. Uh, six foot seven forward. The objective is, of course, to help develop an offensive skill set that makes him versatile enough to play outside as well as inside because Liberty has found that type of groove with guys like Blake Preston, who has since transferred to Northwestern, but even Kyle Roden, Shiloh Robinson, who may not be the most athletic, but there's they're athletic enough to do what Richie McKay asks. They play great defense and they are versatile. That is the hope of a guy like this, although plenty more to get going uh, in the further months. Number three. Matt Kenseth joining Legacy Motor Club as the team's competition advisor. Trey, are you surprised by this? A guy that spent so much of his career loyal to the Ford Stable and Roush Fenway Keselowski Racing, formerly Roush Fenway Racing, is actually taking this move? Or is this something that makes complete sense because Matt Kenseth could get back into an organization? And frankly, if you're looking to grow in this type of capacity, Legacy Motor Club clearly offers probably the most obvious route where your expertise could be able to produce broader results. Yeah, I mean, he also has a relationship with Toyota with his time at Joe Gibbs. So um, I I think this is a really good move for Legacy Motor Club. You're getting... 
two of the best drivers the last generation and and you know jimmy and then matt kenseth and um you know one thing i've talked about with matt kenseth uh you know i compared him a lot to chris busher this year is his consistency and i think getting that kind of presence is is going to be really good and and matt's a really smart guy um i think getting a guy who is that experienced and that great and a guy who you know truly got disrespected by the sport a lot towards the end getting him back in the sport in a role that would fit him very well like I think it's nothing but like I also think like this would be a really good role on another team if you're like if you want to go after someone like Carl Edwards like uh, a good example is go look at 2311 and Kurt Busch and now his role and what that's developed to like he he says he's the CFO of the company the chief fund officer but you can tell like the improvement that team's had a lot to do with Kurt Busch you look at the improvement Bubba's made this year improvement Tyler Reddick has made throughout the year that that can be attributed to having a guy like Kurt Busch on the team so I think this is a really good move for the team that's those are great points Trey and the other thing is when you're thinking about drivers that are willing to be patient enough to allow younger drivers to blossom but have a lot of wisdom to share Kurt Busch has evolved into that and clearly uh did last year as well with 2311 racing how Bubba Wallace has credited Kurt Busch for helping grow as a race car driver but even further, Matt Kenseth kind of embodies that. His one championship was the year that he only won one championship, kind of prompted NASCAR to go to the playoffs where winning was more rewarded, uh, and some people hate it. And Someone some listened don't. to the Happy Hour Jeopardy question. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's coming this evening or tomorrow or whenever you choose to listen to that podcast, Oh, no, that was, the Jeopardy episode was a while back. Oh, yeah, the Jeopardy episode. I thought you were talking about the newest Front hour, front Stretch Happy Hour podcast. Yeah, Brian Nolan's filling in for me because I may or may not be working. I'm, I have some plans tonight. So. Well, I mean, yeah, because yeah. you know, Liberty's got a football game as well so yep. that's uh you know, i'm hosting bringing the heat though so if you want to listen to my voice y'all are flipping it up this week i can't wait speaking of flipping around number two virginia tech there is no more flip-flopping at quarterback kyron drones quarterback one there's no or kyron drones or grant wells listed as the starter for virginia tech Trey, it's subtle, but this is a move that clearly had to happen while drones is not the best passer he's serviceable enough Wells never showed he was a clear upgrade as a passer, and the drone's running effect opens up a different dimension for an offense, which needs all the smoke and mirrors that it can find, considering the offensive line is, I'll be diplomatic here, still very much a work in progress if you take out what they did against Pitt. Yeah, he's played really well. I think he's exceeded expectations to a lot lot of degree. I don't know if you feel that. Like, that's how I feel about it, is I, I think he's putting his passing together. Um, there are There are flashes of those great passes, like, you definitely like 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 I've said all year you want to see the improvement you want to see the flashes and you're definitely seeing it I so like let's assume Ollie Jennings is not going to play the rest of the year um does he go to the NFL does he come back because he can probably get a medical red shirt because he's played what half a game this year um so you bring him back you know they have a lot of young talented pass catchers um I believe Tootin's a red shirt junior i'd have to look that up off the top of my head um but uh you know i i think this is this is a team that's developing very well and you know i think they saw a team this past saturday that you can compare it a lot to when florida state kind of finally made that ascension they had uh you know jordan travis in for three years the offensive line got better each year he was a transfer quarterback. He didn't start right away, but then when he put put him in, 
he he got better and better and better and look where Florida State is and I'm not saying Virginia Tech's gonna be college football playoff contender in three years it's just showing if you can figure out that quarterback which I think Virginia Tech has it can go a long way it could and that's something that uh is certainly beneficial again like we said to Virginia Tech with where they're going at quarterback. And number one on the Fast Five at Five-ish. It's a cool little nugget to use to wrap up the Fast Five at Five-ish. It does stick with the theme of Liberty University. McNugget? Just right there. Trey, I mean, you're on a roll. Thanks, man. Butter Lyle over there, the butter half of this show. Um, Sam Cholinga ran at Liberty University. He ran... One of the fastest marathons ever. Ninth place in Chicago this past weekend. Two hours, eight minutes, and 50 seconds. That's astounding How for much? Sam Chalenga. By the way, there are a lot of other elite runners to come from this area, and some of them may be listening to the fast lane. Uh, Patterson Wilhelm is one who ran at EC Glass. And Ed Lane. Mary. Uh, I'm not in that category. Not even close. So, uh, a guy named Michael, by the way, who he and his wife run the Longwood program. Um, and Longwood was playing against or competing and running against Liberty when Chalanga was there. And I always joke, I'm like, oh, so did you give Sam a run for his money? And the comment was not even close. Sam Chalanga, when he ran at Liberty and ran track or cross country, you could not hardly hear, you could hardly hear his feet hit the ground. He is that gifted and soft of a runner. I mean, that's astounding. I, like, I've, I've run a marathon in two hours, 59 minutes, and 15 seconds. That's the best one I've ever done. Um, I've run three of them. I could be running, oh, I don't know, the Salem Half Marathon or 8K this coming Saturday, or the Star City Half Marathon or 10K in mid-November. Those deals, by the way, for the event are up at insaneradiodeals.com. Um, I, I, I feel it's like a boxer for me. My legs are pounding. There is nothing. I run more like you know, a fighter than I do an aerodynamically efficient machine. But to go from Liberty University to ninth place in the Chicago Marathon with that particular time, that is, it truly is an elite caliber runner and somebody could do it professionally. It is a lot harder to do that than you would ever think. And yet Sam Chalenga, a guy from Liberty, has been able to pull that off, which is remarkable. Shout out to my guy, Chris Finch, who actually raced in that. Uh, but uh, Good for know, him. Anybody. He, he didn't do it. So so question for you. Yes. So, so what was his time again? Two hours. Eight minutes and fifty seconds. And he what was your best time? Two fifty-eight. Two fifty-nine fifteen. Okay, so if you got a half marathon start, head start. Well, that's too much. If I you, would I would be able to finish ahead of him with a half marathon. If you start. got a three mile head start. Oh, he would. Oh, no question. Four miles. He'd still pass me. I have to do the math. <laughs> Five. I think, I think you need at least a 10K head start Okay, for me. okay. At yes. least. That's 6.25 miles, by the way. I would need... 10K. I would need... How much is a marathon? 26.2? 26.2. I would need 23. <laughs> <laughs> how often would Trey Lyle have to stop? A lot. <laughs> I mean, it, that's astronomical, though. That That is... That's so cool, though, that Liberty Actually, put out a runner that has done make that. It, make it 20. I probably could get... Yeah, 20. I okay. think I have like a 17-minute mile. It's okay. Bad. Trey's got something in him. And there is your Fast Five at Five-ish. I we work have... in short bursts, man. That's it. You know, that's your I skill might throw set, up Trey. in between. Like, if we're playing football, I might look like I'm about to throw up in between snaps. But uh, I'll get you. I can get you a nice deep route. It might be slow, but I'm like a tight end. I'm always open. 
That's your skill set, Trey, and it's remarkable. When we return in the fast lane, high school football, bencatesnewsadvance.com. Yes, we still need to get to more into the weeds commentary on the Who's and Hokies. That's not going away anytime soon. But Ben Cates on high school football when we return here in the fast lane on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. <laughs> 